Okay, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Hush, my darling, gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Welcome to Give, Amplify, Connect, a podcast presented by the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation and hosted by me, Christy Wolf. Joining me on this episode is Meredith Bratland, Director of Communications with Spirit North, but she's not the only voice you'll hear from today. Meredith, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. And before we introduce the other voices on here, can you please tell us about Spirit North and what their mission is? Yeah, so Spirit North creates sports opportunities for Indigenous youth, and we focus on land-based sports. And then how did you get involved with them? Started in libraries and um, had the opportunity to work on many projects about decolonizing libraries. And then I also have worked at the Faculty of Native Studies at the U of A. And from there, this opportunity came up and I was looking for opportunities to work with Indigenous communities and Indigenous peoples. And then also, um, I'm not the most sporty person. So uh, Spirit North focuses on inclusivity and having many opportunities to try different sports. And that really resonated with me too, because we're not all professional athletes, but we can all enjoy sport and play. So normally at the end of this podcast, I would ask you about people or organizations that you've worked with that inspire you, but we are kind of flipping this particular episode on its head and we've got four different people's voices that we'll be hearing from. So can you introduce us to the people that we've been working with over the course of this podcast? Yeah. So I reached out to a few of my colleagues to, um, ask the questions that you shared with us. So today we're going to hear from Jennifer McPherson, and she's the regional coordinator at Spirit North for Southern Alberta programs. We also have Robbie Fish, and she's a Spirit North leader, and she's primarily working in the Bow Valley. Uh, We also have Gabrielle Hall. He's a Spirit North leader from Manitoba, specifically Hollow Water, and he's an outdoor educator and also like outdoor chef. And we have Megan Emery, and she is our program director and is at the administration office at Spirit North here in Kenmore. So there's quite a few different voices we're going to hear from. And one of the things that I wanted to chat with you about is why you wanted to have different voices on this podcast. Normally, I've recorded with one person, but when we talked about that, it was a bit of like, hmm, let's try something else. Yeah, right at the at the start of the programs, it's about um, a partnership and a conversation between communities and uh, and ourselves and what they want to accomplish. And so I'm pleased that that was like kind of our go-to in this situation too, because we're many people that have many different perspectives, right? So one person just giving their perspective doesn't give you the whole picture. It's a conversation as opposed to a speech. I like it. I like it. And it, it made me think about this in a different way. Like we have been using just one voice in the episode, but I got to hear all of these clips ahead of time and just get a bunch of different perspectives on Spirit North. And that was really helpful. I had met a few of the people that you invited before, but this uh, just gives me a bit more insight into it. So I really appreciate that. Let's hear from Spirit North leader, Gabby. Uh, I come from northern town, a lot of fishing, hunting, trapping all my life. Uh, I had a chance to move around a lot uh, throughout Canada, uh, growing up into my schooling and uh, taking chef training. Uh, I do all different kinds of work, logging, um, yeah, and came back to uh, 
the community that I now live in, I call my home, Hollow Water First Nation, where I met my wife, and that's where we live now. It's just an awesome place to live. Um, and I've been doing land-based work for over 20 years now in that community. And Spirit North, uh, I've worked with them in the past. Uh, I love their team. I love their their uh, the work that they do. And the opportunity came up for me to join that team, and I jumped all over to enhance the programming in our community. Let's hear from Megan. Sport had a major impact on my life and all the sport opportunities that were available to me. Um, I realized were not available to everyone. So the sport equity piece was um, pivotal in me joining Spirit North to um, work on some solutions. Okay, Meredith, we just heard from Gabby and Megan, what resonated for you out of those two conversations? Well, with Gabby, um, he's very involved in his community of hollow water and obviously has a wide depth of experience. And I think all of that is really relevant of what Gabby brings to programs. And I, you can hear in his voice what a charismatic, caring man he is. So I love taking that clip. We were sitting in an airport <laughs> and I asked him those questions. And then Megan too, um, I see Megan quite a bit in the office and uh, I'm not surprised that the sport equity part was a big motivator for her. I, I appreciated that. It was something that resonated with me as I was listening to all these different clips um, about the sport equity piece. And being a teacher, uh, it was obvious when families had the means to participate in community sport versus families who did not. And so that actually really stood out for me as a teacher, as well as parent, as well as growing up with sport in my life. Yeah. I mean, sports aren't cheap. Yeah. And some of the sports that we do with land-based sports require a lot of different equipment and expertise and exposure to different situations. So um, it's tough to get into that sort of thing. So the next question was, what have you learned since working at Spirit North? And we're going to hear from Robbie Fish, a Spirit North leader, as well as Jen McPherson, who's a regional coordinator, and Megan again. I've definitely learned so much. Um you know, from watching the kids, you can really see how uh, time connecting with their classmates and community members in the outdoors um, really um, promotes a sense of well-being. They seem happy. They're laughing. Um, they just seem refreshed after our sessions. And um, definitely when learning a new skill, such as biking or skiing, you can often see the kids becoming more confident, uh, more self-assured in what they're doing, and kind of uh, embracing that sense of freedom you get from maybe riding a bike down a trail or skiing down a hill. Uh, at the same time, I've also learned that... Um, I, I just have a lot of respect for the Indigenous traditions uh, from the communities I work with. Um, very evident always when working with members of the community, how connected they are to the land, how respectful uh, they are when out outside with kids. So um, really honoured to be able to learn from them. I've learned the power of community and dedicated people supporting one another. My team is filled with passionate people working to empower the youth we work with, and I'm so grateful for all of them and the communities we support. So much. I've learned so much working with Spirit North. I think the biggest one is um, 
just honing my ability to listen. And uh, because that's what it comes down to, you know, working with youth and programs, you're listening to what is of interest to them, what they love, what they want to do, um, having them help design the programs. And um, same with co-creating with communities as well. Uh, every community will come with a, a new idea of, um, you know, what, what they're interested in, what their strengths are. Uh, and you can learn so much by, um, yeah, listening better. Okay, Meredith. So we listened to Robbie, Jen, and Megan all give their perspectives of what they learned uh, having worked with Spirit North. What resonated with you out of those conversations? So much. Um, they really cover a lot. <laughs> the, the experience, I think, leading is like wide. Um, for me, the listening uh, was a huge one from Megan and working with youth and listening to youth and what their perspectives are, but also with co-creating with community. And that ties into Robbie, and she spoke about the res massive respect she has for Indigenous traditions and learning about that. Ties into like this holistic concept called two-eyed seeing, where it's like Western methodology and Indigenous worldview and merging the two. And that's sort of what we strive for at Spirit North as well. That all ties back to healthy communities and Jen spoke about community and the impact of connecting with others and moving and being out on the land. I love it. And, you know, I it got me wondering, and this might not even be a question that you can answer, but I was wondering how long each of these people have worked with Spirit North. Have they seen a few different seasons? I mean, Spirit North has only been around for seven years. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we've been a registered national charity for five years. And then before the years prior to that, it was um, a different kind of thing. But it's been Spirit North for five years. Megan has been there for about three years. So she has seen quite a bit of changes with the youth and who have gone through different programs. Jan has been there for probably coming on two years and Robbie as well. So getting to see the different programs year round, working with different communities, they've all had that opportunity to do that. And, and would you say like, I know we're going to put words in people's mouth right now, but would you say that you see it across the different communities? Like Spirit North is all across Canada now. Well, not all across Canada. I think we go as far as um, the Northwest Ontario. So we're just starting to kick off programs around the communities there um, in and around Kenora and Treaty 3. So we're not in Quebec or the Maritimes just yet. Just yet. I like that answer. <laughs> yeah. We certainly are starting to see changes. And now with five years, um, there are children and youth who have been in our programs for that long and so they would be coming close to graduating soon so that's pretty exciting the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation has been working with Spirit North and we were recently at Masquachis Secondary School and one of the leaders there had been a student at the school and now he was a leader. And I wonder how many times that's also happening, that people are coming back um, in leadership roles after having been part of the programs. Yeah, uh, we're certainly hoping for that. Uh, we have a youth leadership program, so where youth can get experience um, helping leaders and building their leadership skills and organization skills and everything that it takes to help run a program. 
And we do see some of them come back to become Spirit North leaders for their communities. And that's an ideal situation for us. So Jen, when she answered the question, what's one of your favorite stories? She kind of looked at the overall programming, but both Megan and Robbie ended up talking about the bike program. Can you tell us the bike program's fairly new? It's one of your newer programs. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I will do my best. Um, (laughs) With the caveat, with the co-creation process, some of the programs look different, right, across um, the different regions and the different communities and what they're trying to achieve, right? So some of them are working with younger kids and they're teaching them how to ride a bike and we might bring in pro like fleets like what we did with wolfpack warriors so then they it's like right at the school and it's easier to run programs and um other types are with older kids and they're working on some of their other mountain bike skills but a lot of it is play too and just getting balance like I've been to one program where we did a little trail ride and then we also did some skill building um exercises like with the pylons where everyone tries to stay in the circle and then if your foot touches the ground you go out in order to like build balance right so there with the programs there's like getting comfortable with the equipment and the bike and trail riding but also um i guess physical literacy aspects built into it in games. I'm not sure how to choose just one moment or one favorite story, but I'm honestly just blown away by the students that we see weekly. Their confidence and skills have grown exponentially, but ultimately their smiles and laughter keep us coming back. So Jen said it was really difficult to choose a particular moment, but she said that the growth that she sees over multi-week programs is something that really stood out with her. Is that something that you see regularly through the leaders? Yeah, certainly. Um, And in my role, I visit programs every now and then. So Jen runs a program up at the uh, Cameron Nordic Center. And so I've gone to a few of their programs and I see it in just coming like once a month. It's really special. It's crazy how fast they progress and how brave they become. I love seeing them like go down hills. So cross-country skiing, for sure, I've seen the progress. And then with mountain biking as well, like in some, some may have had the experience riding a bike and some not. So like the little ones, there's leaders teaching them how to ride a bike. And then you see their progress over a summer and it's wild. Okay, so we're going to listen to Megan talk about her experience in Penticton. And then we're going to listen to Robbie talk about her experience at Nakota Elementary School. There are so many stories to choose from. Um, but I would probably say some of the recent programs, uh, with biking, um, being out in, um, Penticton in one of the schools there and listening and watching the kids go down a very sandy, loose, sandy, steep downhill, um, on and they had GoPros on and they're trying to keep it together, you know, both on their bikes, looking cool for their friends and trying not to swear on camera was probably the best, uh, the fun, some of the funniest moments and uh, some of the biggest um, enthusiastic responses from kids at the end of the day as well. So it was hilarious and uh, some great footage. 
Listening to Megan talk about the bike program in Penticton, what stood out for you? Well, I have seen that video with the GoPro, so there was a lot of memories for me there too. The landscape in Penticton is absolutely beautiful, right? So this kid is flying down the hill. Like you can hear the wind. It's like, and the GoPro is so perfect. Some kids have to jump out of the way of his path and then he stops. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, that was crazy. And he's like, I almost landed in deep doo-doo. But you could, like, see the pause. And he was just, like, so thrilled about the adrenaline of, like, flying on the bike and feeling so free. Yeah, um, I love when we give kids GoPros on bikes. (laughs) Now, Was that video part of the exhibit that you had at Arts Place? No, I wish it was. Um, This was part of this spring's uh, Photo Voice collection. So um, we had to get the gallery stuff ready before we had that video. But hopefully in a future one, it'll be included because it is pure gold. Will you explain a little bit about what Photo Voice is? Sure. Photo Voice is um, a tool we use um, that also researchers in academia use um, to get qualitative. Sorry, this is real nerdy talk. Uh, qualitative I love it. I love experience it. from the youth perspective. So we give them digital cameras or um, disposable cameras or now GoPros, and they take the video or photo of their experience. And then we interview them um, and ask them some questions in order to get their perspective on how they experience the program. And then we had a few, we had two or three years of uh, photo voice to work with. So Arts Place invited us this year to do an exhibition gallery of their photos. Yeah, that was pretty neat. I really enjoyed it. Uh, You also know, Meredith, that my background is photography and storytelling. So any of those photo voice projects are really of interest to me. I loved it. Now let's go listen to Robbie and then pop back in. Feels like every day I come home with a great story from my programs, but uh, one that comes to mind right uh, recently with uh, it being springtime and at one of the schools in particular, Nakota Elementary School, we've been doing a lot of biking, is just seeing the growth in all the students, but one student uh, in particular, I remember we started biking with him last fall, uh, grade three student. And, at, you know, at the first day, a quite reluctant, kind of um, not that interested in biking, just maybe thought was something he didn't know how to do. Um, but we did have, we were able to get him out on a bike, a, pe- a pedal, pedalless bike, um, just getting that sense of sitting on the bike and not worrying about pedaling at first. And, um, you know, a few weeks in the fall, that's what he was doing. And he was, he was enjoying just being out, didn't worry, didn't worry about pedaling at first and um, would even try some of the little downhills without using his pedals. And then quite in, started to enjoy that feeling of going down a little grassy hill, um, kind of would be laughing and, and, um, very happy. And then um, coming back this spring when we got on the bikes after after a long winter, um, he started out again on the bike without pedals and was happy about that. But, you know, partway through the first day, he 
was we encouraged him to maybe try the bike with pedals. He was a bit reluctant at first, but then, um, you know, he did try it. We had the leaders available to give him a little bit of one-on-one attention, and he quickly um, learned how to ride his bike and then was so happy and, of course, didn't want to go back into school after being able to ride his bike and now has been able to get out several times since then. And usually I can hear him coming because he likes to make a sort of hooting and hollering sounds while he's riding his bike. So just one of the happy stories of kids out biking at Nakota Elementary School. That particular story resonates with me because the bikes that are at Nakota Elementary School are the ones that the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation donated last year um, when we first did our Power of the Pedal with Spirit North. And that's when we were first getting to know your organization. So to get to hear from Robbie about like a very particular story of a kid just getting to try it out, pedalless bike to start out with and and the enthusiasm for coming back to that. I think that's something that I can um, really appreciate and then also be able to share with, with the team that was building the bikes. We had a group of mechanics that were coming in and volunteering their time. So what stood out for you in that story? Yeah, I think it's like a on the ground story about the growth that kids have in, in a short span of time, being able to um, be on bikes. And uh, it speaks to me a lot about inclusion piece. So we talk a lot about um, meeting the kids where they are. We don't always, we don't assume to know the whole story. There probably are reasons why they're nervous, right? And so if we them where they are, um, and help and try to find solutions to encourage inclusion, then often the confidence grows. And then they want to take on more, like naturally take on more challenges because there's comfort there. Um, so yeah, reluctant to exciting is, is super in that sense. Well, and I think just that idea that the bikes can be used year after year. So it's one thing to bring in equipment to use once or like over a week or however some of the different programs run different ways, but to have the equipment there that kids can keep using year after year also makes a difference to your confidence in being able to use uh, to bike or to cross country ski. I know that you have done different fleets of equipment for different schools with different organizations. So is that something that if people were interested, they could focus and kind of come together with Spirit North and do programs like that? Um, yeah, I mean, it all stems from the community and the co-creation and how they have identified if that's a priority for them or not. So that would be the starting place for that conversation. That's fair. We we actually, uh, when we were going to work again with Spirit North this year, we were concerned that maybe that wasn't the best way to go about supporting that a fleet of bikes might not be appropriate and they already had a school that was looking for it so it just happened to be timing with us I think uh, and our power of the pedal initiative so uh, I'm really glad that that could work out so we're going to finish off with one more voice we're coming back to Gabby and he's going to answer the question how has Spirit North made a difference and let's just have a listen to his answer I think just the the overall ability to go to places that we normally would like for me I live in hollow water but now I have an opportunity to travel to Barrens River to Blood Vein and places that I normally wouldn't have the opportunity to do that and to take our experience that we have because all of us have such unique experiences and being able to transfer that into another community that normally we wouldn't 
wouldn't even bother going to right now we have this opportunity great opportunity to share that with kids that normally wouldn't be able to see uh, team leaders such as us. Meredith what stood out for you in Gabby's answer? I think for me, it's um, the community aspect and connecting other communities that may be far apart from each other, but um, they have a lot in common. And so sharing experiences across communities also creates opportunity. That was exactly what was standing out for me as well. Just the idea that you might not go to a given place if there wasn't this Spirit North connection there that brought a leader to a new spot. And uh, and just recognizing all of the similarities between people, regardless of where you are, I think really stood out for me as well. Mm-hmm. And the unique experiences too, right? When you get chatting to people, yeah, Gabby's right. We all have unique experiences that we bring to the table. Yeah, and you just never know how that's going to um, connect with another person and impact their life. Absolutely. Okay, so we've heard from now five different people about Spirit North. Um, This podcast is called Give, Amplify, and Connect. And I'm wondering, Meredith, if you could share any ideas about how listeners could give to Spirit North, how they could amplify what Spirit North is doing, or how they could connect with you. You can visit us at our website, spiritnorthxc.ca. Uh, We have a bunch of stuff and more information on there about locations and impact in our programs. Um, And you can also see the virtual gallery of the photo voice exhibit. Oh, cool. Okay, perfect. That's great. And I will put that in the show notes as well as on social media posts that we do about this podcast. Um, I know that you had mentioned a good place to uh, connect is by signing up for the newsletter to hear what's going on. Yes, that would be fantastic. There's a link to that on our website as well and also on our link tree on Instagram. Yeah, so finding Spirit North on social media, checking out their website, signing up for their newsletter. Uh, The other thing that I noticed recently, I don't know if it's still up there, but you were looking for more staff. So if people were interested in volunteering or working with Spirit North, is it just go to your website? Yeah, we are actively recruiting for job postings across, um, yeah, BC to Manitoba, Ontario. So please take a look for that. Meredith, thank you so much for spending time with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The purpose of the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation is to give, amplify, and connect. Help us share what Spirit North is doing. On a final note, remember to take care of yourself and your pack. You matter. Okay, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay, hush my darling, gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay.